0: When I was a kid, uh, I used to think that I didn't have any weakness in me. But I'm reminded every day of my own weaknesses. Craig, I'd like to thank you for another opportunity to given to me to share God's word with us. I celebrate the grace of God on your life, and you're an amazing servant of God. I love you, sir. This morning, we are continuing this series, The Hope of Christmas, and we are looking at He Came For You. All, relig- all religions of the world represent forms of belief. And these beliefs are explained in many different ways. The law of life is belief. What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about the universe? It is done unto you according to your belief. Belief is a thought in your mind which causes the power of your subconscious to be distributed in every area of your life. You must realize that the Bible is not talking about your belief in some ritual, in some ceremony, institution, man, or a formula. It's talking about belief in itself. The belief of your mind is simply the thought of your mind. As a young man growing up, uh, I was born into, I call it a middle-class family, or a wealthy family in our area. And life was good, according to me as a young man. But then when I was like in a class, we call it form in Cameroon, form three, that should be about class 11 here in the UK. I found that I strayed from the path that my parents put me on and I was influenced by friends. uh, And my life was, I enjoyed life as a young man But it was not the best life that God had planned for me. I realized that I needed God when it came to a point in my life where in my own world, based on my own beliefs, um, I'd formed a religion of my own. And I was the God of my world and I was the one who was worshipping myself. And things became so difficult for me personally that I contemplated ending my life. I never disclosed it to anyone. I went to a waterfall and I hoped that a mermaid was going to come out of that fall and get me because I was tired of living on the earth. I just wanted to end my life. When we are given opportunity to make decisions, it means that we are responsible for, or accountable for the consequences of our choices. That was what I was faced with. The values, the standards, the morals of our leaders frequently determine the decision and laws of our nations, and they influence the lifestyle and the culture of people. Currently, we see the earth is going through many changes. We've heard and seen earthquakes, uh, floods, hurricanes, climate changes, uh, erupting volcanoes, which seems to be on the rise, uh, and seemingly incurable diseases, uh, and we are most aware of the rising cost of living. This is because humans are given the power to make decisions. Trapped in every human being um, is a spirit of dominion. This spirit of dominion is looking for a way to express itself. uh, This is a spirit uh, that God put in humanity, or in humans, when God created mankind. And every attempt to suppress this spirit uh, will result in humans rebelling. It might be against systems, it might be against cultures, it might be against factions of different uh, political parties. uh, The most powerful motivation in the heart of every human being is the pursuit of power. Why? The desire to control our environment and circumstances is so overpowering to humanity because God put it in us when he created us. We were designed to exercise power and designed to manage power. This common pursuit is found in the heart of every human being. Power to control our circumstances. Power to control our environment. In Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 right up to verse 31 we understood that God created the universe. He designed it. uh, He Created ether, and he dressed the universe. Verse 26 of that chapter 1, the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the works of our hands. So the scripture says, God created man in his image and in his likeness. Our core text for this teaching, or this preach this morning, is from John chapter 1, from verse 1 right up to verse 14. I won't go through that because it's quite lengthy. But the first two verses is, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him. And without Him was nothing created that was created. Genesis 1 verse 1 says that, In the beginning God created the universe. The earth was without form and void. Purpose precedes creation. Before God created mankind, God had designed what or planned what He wanted mankind to do, He had purpose for mankind, that was his manifesto for mankind in Genesis chapter one, verse 26. He says, let us make man, and let them be in our image and in our likeness. Let them have dominion over the work of our hands. After he created man, he says, be fruitful, replenish, multiply, subdue, exercise dominion over the works of my hands. So we see God created man, And he commissioned man to establish on the earth the government of heaven. God wanted the earth to look exactly like heaven. And man was God's representation on the earth. God gave man dominion over the earth. And we understood that man fell from that position according to Genesis 2. He was deceived. The woman was deceived. And man's decision, uh, we see here, I said before that, when we are given the opportunity to make decisions, it's because we'll be accountable for the consequences of the decisions that we make. Uh, We see Adam was given that responsibility. And instead of him to guard and protect the earth that that God gave to him, he submitted it to the devil. The scripture says that Eve was deceived but Adam willfully handed over what God gave him to the devil. And there was chaos everywhere. Technically speaking, God gave man the power, the authority to influence, to distribute, to protect, to maintain, be accountable and be productive on the earth. But that was lost. When that was lost, that was the beginning of trouble of all humanity. We saw what happened. Wars, murders, famine, hunger, sickness, disease. All terrible things that happened. But the scripture makes us to understand that God promised that he was going to send a seed, the seed of the woman who will come and will crutch the head of the enemy who was responsible for that fall. In the Garden of Eden, Adam did not lose religion. He lost a kingdom. And the more we understand that what Adam lost in the Garden of Eden is a kingdom, the more we'll appreciate what John says in John chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 2. 14 it says and the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehends it not there was a man sent from God to bear record, witness to that light that all may believe in that light John says that he was not that light but he was sent to bear record to that light this is a true light that lights everyone that comes to the earth the scripture says that he came to his own and his own received him not. So God, after he made a promise that the seed of the woman was going to come, he finally came. In Genesis chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, God separated from mankind because of the sinful nature of mankind. And therefore, man lost and could not dominate the earth. That God has placed him in charge of. In the book of John, John tells us that this word was what created the whole world. This word that was always with the Father, Jesus Christ, he put on flesh. John says, The word was in the world, all things were made by him, and he came to mankind, and mankind refused to receive him, but as many as received him, he gave them power, he gave them authority, he gave them the ability to become sons of God, what God intended in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. It says, to those who receive Jesus, he gave them that power to be in the image and likeness of God. The scripture tells us in Ephesians 2 that, verse 10, we are God's workmanship, recreated anew in Christ Jesus. The image that Adam lost in the garden of Eden, Christ Jesus came. He decided to put on human flesh, in order to restore us back to our position of dignity. This kingdom concept is not an ideology that was born or was formed by a few individuals. It was the original intention for the existence of man. For man to manifest the kingdom of God, the lifestyle of God, the culture of heaven, the way God does things. The way God thinks. But man lost this. sir. So Jesus Christ came back to the earth. To reestablish the government of God. On the earth. And to reinstate man back to his earthly king. And rightful place of dominion. So as a young man I lost my way. And I contemplated death. Because to me life has no meaning. I'd come to the end of myself. I couldn't see any future. Not that I could not live, but life without purpose is empty. There was no purpose for my existence. I didn't understand why I was living. My parents had always wanted me to go to medical school, become a medical doctor. They had their dreams for me. They had things that I've done for me, they did their best. I was successful in my academics, but life was meaningless to me. And I thought of ending my life, the life that I did not create. Jesus Christ came. You may be here this morning during our prayer session. There was this voice of the Spirit that was coming to us that there is excitement in the church today. You may be feeling like you're down on the inside of you, but I tell you, there is excitement in here today. The Holy Ghost is here and is lifting up your spirit, He is making you stronger on the inside. God is giving you a hope for the future. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, the scripture tells us that these three abide: faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Hope is a virtue, and these are these three are the core principles of the human spirit of existence, hope. The hope of Christmas. After I knew God, I thought every Christmas season, when God found me and I surrendered myself to Him, every Christmas season I will weep and cry. Because what I saw around was not what the Bible promised. The miracles, the signs, the wonders, the healing, the forgiveness, the restoration, I didn't see that happening. But I saw men and women celebrating, spending money, buying gifts. I thought this was not either. This was not why Jesus came. And I would go into my closet, and instead of celebrating with others, I will be crying and weeping that something is not right here. Until God allowed me to see the hope of Christmas The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to restore man back to his position of dignity. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. We have been restored, brothers and sisters. The position that Adam lost in the Garden of Eden, God has brought us back to that position. You are not without hope today. It doesn't matter what life looks like now. It doesn't matter the challenges that you might be facing You might be having difficulties in your relationship. You might be having challenges even at your job site. It may be the bills that are increasing. But beyond that, it may be loss of loved ones. It may be the way the things are going on in the nation. And you may be feeling in your heart, what is the hope of Christmas? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do people rejoice at Christmas? Jesus is the hope of Christmas. Jesus has brought us a hope party. When he came and he was born to the earth, he came for a mission to re-establish us back to that position of dominion. And there were three things that Jesus did when he came to us. He came for you. He established first a relationship between us and the almighty God. We were estranged from God because of the sin of Adam in the book of Genesis. We have become the object of the love of God. The scripture says, For God so loved the world. God so loved you. God so loved you that Jesus himself as God would leave heaven in all of his magnificence. He came down, put on human flesh, expressing his love for you. When God looks at you, the only thing he sees is his image. The scripture tells us in Isaiah our lives have been engraven, tattooed on the palms of God's hands. When you look at his hands, the only, things, the only thing he sees is you. God sees a bright future for you. It doesn't matter how things may seem hopeless in the world, but God sees a brighter future for you. When we look at this, uh, we see the second thing that Jesus established for us when he came um, He established our dominion over the devil. In Matthew 10, the scripture says, Jesus gave his disciples power. He says, Straight upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Jesus has given us power over the enemy, He has put Satan where he belonged. In Colossians 1 verse 15 to 21, the Bible says he spoiled powers and principalities. He disarmed them and he restored us to a position of authority. Lastly, Jesus has restored us back to our origin that God intended for us with himself. James chapter 1 verse 18 tells us that, we were not born by the will of man. John 1 verse 13 says that to those who received Jesus, he gave them power to become sons of God. These are those who were not born by the will of human beings. You were not born through flesh or the intention of your earthly parents who have children. It says, when you were born again, you were born again by the incorruptible word of God that lives and abides forever. The word of God produced you. You are an offspring of God. God's very offspring. You carry God's genetics inside of your being. It's not going to happen when we get to heaven. When Jesus Christ came, he restored us to our original self. We are now sons of God, brothers and sisters. We are now children of God as he is. So are we in this world. We can rejoice uh, in the midst of hardship. uh, Though we do not allow hardship, uh, we do not celebrate difficulties. uh, But in all these things, the scripture says, uh, we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. You are more than a conqueror, irrespective of what you are experiencing. Irrespective of what you are going through. uh, Irrespective of, of how bleak things may look around you. The scripture says, you are more than a conqueror. Christ Jesus I am more than a conqueror these human kingdoms were designed to elevate families and subjugate and oppress different people but yet the true kingdom of God lives and that is the kingdom that Jesus Christ came preaching John came to announce the coming of Jesus and when Jesus came it says repent for the kingdom of God is here he has brought that kingdom he has restored that kingdom that kingdom is in our heart like John the Baptist um, we can be the forerunner we can be the one going into the world we can be the light of God. We are the light of God. We can tell the world that God has restored mankind back to his original intent for the creation of mankind. He has given mankind back power. He has given mankind back authority. He has given mankind back wisdom, knowledge. All these things are available with the coming of Jesus. He came for you. He came for me. When I understood this, I began seeing the reason why I should live. I now understand that I could rise up every day, be joyful for the expectation that God brings to me in that day. So the hope of Christmas gives you strength. The hope of Christmas gives you a future. It gives you a sense of purpose. Look forward to tomorrow as you look up to Christ Jesus. You're expecting God to do what he said he would do. And brothers and sisters, I bring you good news. Jesus Christ came for you. You love him. You believe in him. You have received him. Remember that he has restored you back to the position of authority. He has given you back a sense of purpose. You are with hope in the world. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Amen. Give this hope to our world. May the Lord bless his word. May the Lord bless our hearts as we embrace the true meaning of Christmas as we embrace Jesus, the hope for today and the hope for tomorrow. Amen.